Hi, I'm Danny Belvin. And I'm Danica Brown. And we're biracial unicorns. And we're always down for a tea party. Always. <laughs> but like with real tea. Yeah. Not this invisible tea. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not down with that. No, 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 no. I mean, unless you can, you know, no. I love that we have taken something like a hot beverage and made it into jargon or slang. Mm. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> That's true. I guess I'm down for that tea. I'm always down for that tea as well. <laughs> Just spilling the tea, but uh none of this decaf garbage. No. <laughs> are you drinking tea, Damika? I am actually drinking tea. It is what a are you turmeric, drinking? turmeric and ginger tea. Mm. What tea are so, you drinking? Technically a tisane then. Ooh, and this is why I keep Danny around. <laughs> Since it's not Camellia sinensis, it's just a tisane. But you could call it a tea. <laughs> and that is called shade. <laughs> <laughs> did you, okay, did, were you, did you do a lot of tea parties when you were younger? No, I don't think that was my thing. And see, I'm like, it's so funny because you love tea so <laughs> yeah. much. Yeah. I, can't, I can imagine with all of like the stuffed animals you probably made and sewed yourself. <laughs> <laughs> surrounding you in a very very symmetrical semicircle and you debating. you know that shit would be organized hell i mean color height and how much you like them i guess yeah. <laughs> all sorts of levels well that's perfect i was the queen of throwing all tea parties they would always end up getting pretty dramatic so mm. It should explain a lot. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's natural that tea has come come to mean what it means now in slang, because those tea parties, man, always the drama. Can you imagine? Yeah. An actual tea party, like all you're trying to do is eat your tiny sandwiches and someone just starts throwing hot tea in someone else's face and it turns into a whole kerfuffle. Yeah. I mean, obviously. Avi. <laughs> but we're not we, we actually we bring up tea parties to make a seamless segue into our topic today the unicorns are going royal today with our person who we are highlighting today yes a royal biracial unicorn yes. i don't know if we can call her royal anymore though right yeah i think now it's kind of what would you say like post formally known as royalty yeah we are highlighting a of a unicorn today miss megan marple today we uh <laughs> for those who those who don't know she of her own accord has her own background as an actress very famously known for her role in suits she's also been a political advocate she's also a feminist but what you probably know her most from is marrying Prince Harry, the grandson to Queen Elizabeth II, who was formerly known as the Duchess of Sussex. Yes. So I definitely did not know who she was before they were married. Mm. But quite honestly, I can never remember who she's married to. <laughs> like, I <laughs> like, I always remember Meghan Markle's name, mm -hmm. but I do not remember which of the princes she's married to. I just like, she's married to one of the princes. <laughs> the princes are married to Meghan Markle. <laughs> You're the one that looks like Ron Weasley. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I, I can't even picture them in my in my mind, to be completely honest. So I'm a little out of my depth talking about the royal family. Which is so funny because I, one, I think it's 
they're on it's on every cover here even mm. dating marriage like i feel like i've been a part of their relationship and that's just it's next level but i really do feel i felt like this when kate and william got married mm. the the older son the older grandson of queen elizabeth it was so intense america's fascination with royalty i've always found to be a little odd i'm like that's kind of like why we left so why are we so instinctively drawn to it you think people are so into royalty i wonder how much of it is because going back to going back to our childhood (laughs) (laughs) there's so much princes and princesses and queens and kings in the play of children Mm -hmm. so we don't have a royal family in the u.s so the closest we have is England's. Mm. I mean, if we want to bring back dragons, I'd be down with that. Mm. But there is just this weird, odd fascination. And I, like I said, I felt that very much with Kate and William. But I felt I was really intensified with Meghan and Harry. And I wasn't going to watch the wedding, but like my little girl in her class, they were talking all about the wedding. So she wanted to. And I'm actually really glad I did. Meghan who is a mixed unicorn. Her mom is black and she has beautiful African roots and her dad is white. Uh, Her father was not at the wedding, but her mother was. Girl, her mother wore like this light green suit. She had that hat on. I think her hair might've been like in locks, that kind of style today. She was so stunning. It was just such a moment to see in this beautiful cathedral to see her mom's popping melanin next to her gorgeous mixed daughter. It was just, you can tell they tried to mix both cultures together. I had feelings about it. Talk for another day. But there was something that had never happened in a royal wedding before. And it was just kind of that showing of two different cultures trying to be one. Yeah. And I think that kind of takes us to why this is something that we should talk about. Mm -hmm. Especially as someone who could give a fuck about the royal family. <laughs> I think it's it's important because the more representation of mixed race people out in the world, the better it is for all of us because it's like normalizing it in a way, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's it was the first time this sort of wedding happened, but I think more so than than that milestone is it's kind of setting up the idea that it can it can normalize like mm-hmm. people can see it in the world exactly so if we kind of take it back to before megan was any kind of duchess i really like i said i only really knew her from suits i watched it a few times i thought she was very talented and before and i'd heard about her her work as an activist and i'm like go ahead girl but it really wasn't until doing research for the show that i really kind of dive into mm. her as a person right you mentioned on a couple episodes ago i uh that there's something about being a mixed person even if you live two completely different lives you have a kindredness with one another yeah. you still have that feeling of being otherized with that and that mm-hmm. just instantly c- connects you i am not an actress i have never married anyone royal i've lived a very i you know she grew up in california lived that cali life but Hearing about her life, she did an interview with Elle magazine. And one of the very first lines of this interview was, I get asked the question of, what are you? And I instantly had this camaraderie with this person mm-hmm. I have never met. And the more I read her interview and her using this platform to talk about her life as a mixed 
person. I was, it was like all the snaps, the claps. I mean, I'm glad I read it by myself because I was definitely getting way too into it. But it was so, I, I was there. It was like, yes, yes, and yes. It was ticking all the boxes. Yeah, I feel like something that's really important about what you were saying about this really resonating with you, even though it's like different mixes, different experiences of mixed race people. This is a different type of mixed race person than we've really talked about. Like it's not our our perspective, right? Like she mm-hmm. has light skin. She has freckles. Like, yes, she she pr- could probably pass as as white sometimes. Yeah. So it's it's a different experience for sure. And Mm -hmm. so I find that really interesting. And she talks a bit in the same article about being ethnically ambiguous, which is what I talk about all the time, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's this idea of like, you're, you don't look quite like any of these neat boxes. Mm -hmm. So as an actress, (laughs) you're allowed to kind of slip into to that other role, right? Like, yeah. put big hoops on me and all of a sudden I look Latina. Like, put my hair in braids and I look like, you know, Native American. Like, pull my hair back. I look Asian. Like, you know, it, it, and I think as an actress, that's like a, a weird thing because it's also... It is. You're never able to, like, play your own background, Right. Mm-hmm. Like you're always having to like be something else. And you also can't be just a a normal person, like a typical person, because that's always white. And that's the thing. And now on the other end of that, if she goes and portrays, you know, like you said, if she puts on a certain shade of lipstick or wears her hair a certain way, if she tries to pass off as I'm a black woman, uh, you know, yeah, I'm ashamed to say. I think the black community they they would be mad about it, being like, "You're not." When when she goes here, look at my background, having to prove that over and over again, and the complexities. Yeah, I was actually in. Um, it wasn't even a full production. I was in a staged reading at the National Hispanic Cultural Center, and it was you know a, a Chicano play, mm-hmm. and everyone in all the characters in the play were Chicano. And yeah. yeah, And so like we sat down, we did the reading, we had like a QA and a with the audience afterwards. And like someone was like, why did you cast these people instead of casting Hispanic people? And then it was like, "Um, actually, everyone on stage is (laughs) is Hispanic, Um, you know. (laughs) So like, I feel like that has happened. Like that has happened to me. People look at me and they're like, oh, she's not she's not Hispanic. She's not Latina. She's not Chicana. Because because I don't look like the way that I'm supposed to mm-hmm. because of the mixed raceness. And I think that really speaks to like if she tried to play a black character, people be like, oh, she's not black, you know. And there's that, like I said, instantly, that's that camaraderie as both of us have been in the performing arts of trying to say, then what roles do I get to play? As yeah. a mixed person, it, you're always between that rock and a hard place of what you're trying to do. And that's that instant connection we, we seem to have. And that's why we're trying to take up space. I know I, uh, in the, in the article, she talked about, you know, being in the seventh grade and having to fill out a census 
and yes. basically not knowing which box to tick, you know, and here she was, she talked about having curly hair, but her freckles, but her really pale skin and the teacher telling her just to tick the white box because that's how she looks. But then she had this guilt of thinking, well, I'm as if my mom, her beautiful, you know, mahogany colored mom found out that she clicked this, that she ticked this box, you know, this is just, mm-hmm. at least in my experience, something of being on the, on the other end of being fairly dark. And when I go off and I tell people I'm a black person, I can just imagine that has to be a little dagger in my mom who is white mm-hmm. to her, yeah. especially, you know, she, she birthed right. me. Right. Can, can you imagine? And that's just one of those things of like, oh, I went from not knowing who she was outside of an actress to reading these articles being like, wow, I'm not going to say I know you. But what I can say very confidently is that I get you. And dealing with those complexities of even saying that the reason why it was okay for her to marry Prince Harry is because she can probably pass for white. Can you right. imagine? Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Ugh. But, but that that's kind of been her journey. Another thing, too, is as well that she is she's a little bit older than Harry and she has a divorce as well. Yeah, all kinds of scandal. Oh, I know. I know. Right. It, it's just all these things of just being put underneath a microscope. But that's what happens when you get into these higher profile kind of marriages. It doesn't make it right. But this is just one of those struggles. But what I'm really. We're both older than our husbands. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, hey, it's like six months, but still, (laughs) but still, you know, (laughs) but that's the thing. But there's still, like I said, she's breaking all different kinds of stigma that a woman who's had a divorce is, you know, she's, she's damaged. Can you still be with her? She has her own life. And I think that's why I also wanted to talk to her outside of just being married to Harry and talk about her own life and her own passions. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So with that, we talked about, so... So Megxit? Are we getting to Megxit? (laughs) Is that what they're calling it? Yep. Oh, so, all right. That is horrible (laughs) and amazing. Are they not calling it that there? That's what they're calling it here. Megxit. That is so perfect. It's like such an American tacky thing and I'm living for it. And I can't wait to finish this up and go tell my husband that they're calling it Megxit. (laughs) So, well, all right. So let, let, let's not get it. So let's fast forward. Now they dated. There was drama. They got married. There's more drama. And now here we are. And in, I believe, January, the beginning of the of 2020, they announced that they were stepping down from their main roles as royalty and going to mm. go peace out. They're going to go do their own thing. They talked to the queen. They went through all the proper channels. They want to get off the base of the royal teat. For lack of a better word, they want to have make themselves financially independent. They want to try to move somewhere else and do their own thing. And girl, that girl, (laughs) people were mad. People were so, so mad. It was so interesting. And my experience with talking about race here in this country has been very interesting in the fact that I think a lot of people think that there isn't an issue of race. But what I think this Megxit has brought up is that there actually indeed is some issues with race in this country. Right. But I think even before Megxit, perhaps people weren't talking about it, but obviously Mm -hmm. that was a a big part of what has led to this. There's a lot of talk about it's happening because she's black or whatever, Mm -hmm. but 
think about all the fucking racist bullshit that they have had to put up with being an interracial couple. Exactly. And this is another reason why we wanted to highlight her, not just talking about examples of how we have camaraderie, but also seeing what a mixed race marriage looks like. There are pressures in any marriage. And we've both talked about it of us because we're both married to white guys. Big shout out. Young, younger white guys. <laughs> younger, younger white. Get them while they're on sale, ladies. <laughs> you get a younger white guy and you get a younger white guy. But with that, I'm so, I feel bad for them because of the scrutiny and what Megan has to go through. But on the other side, I've been able to kind of point to that. I'm like, yes, just because they are royalty and famous, that's on a huge, massive level and a big, big, you know, microscope. But we feel those things as well, trying to combine different religious backgrounds, priorities, Uh things that matter to you. I I mean, can you imagine like uh, Megan just had uh, her first kid? this past year and not being able right. to be close to her mother because she had to renounce her citizenship. Do you right. know what I mean? She had to renounce everything in order to be there, but girl wants to be close to her mama. That makes utter and complete sense, especially culture. That's very, very important. And just as a human being, that's important. And I will say no one has confirmed or denied racist claims, but girl, Supergirl. These lines in tabloids, reporters, interviewers, famous, non-famous, podcasters, people always have something to say about Megan that is so racially driven. Even girl, I should have to send you this. One of their first interviews together, Uh people were mad because she spoke. Uh, Well, see, that's like also like patriarchal bullshit, which is crazy Mm -hmm. because it's like the queen, right? Who is like, I don't know. The royal system is still a patriarchy, right? Because, mm-hmm. like, even if it's figureheaded by a woman, mm-hmm. it's still a patriarchal system. You know, she can't she can't make her husband the king because then she loses her power. Like, <laughs> it's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. So, with this, there's been a lot of it's her fault. It's very been racially charged. But I think what's really strange is we've talked about it before. Harry has made it very clear that this is both of them. And I've actually been like, go ahead, man, go ahead. He's He's been on the forefront saying this is what he wants to do for his family, especially after having a child, because this is how his mother's died. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think the having the child is perhaps, I mean, if we're speculating, which we are, is perhaps the biggest impetus, right? Because it's mm-hmm. it's one thing to have to deal with this happening to yourself in regards to Megan of like dealing with racist bullshit, but Dealing with it on behalf of your child and knowingly putting your child in that situation is a whole different ballgame. It's so much more intense, I think. Like you don't want, you want, everyone wants to do what's best for their child or, you know, most parents want to do what's best for their child. So I think it's, it's a real thing of, of both Megan and Hen, Harry, Harry, Harry. um, And Harry, like, just want to do what's best for their baby. And I think it takes a lot, a lot of dedication to their unit, right? Mm -hmm. Their unit within this larger family of, like, no, we're going to put our needs above what, you know, this whole royal family wants us to do. Exactly. Which is 
I think I have such mixed feelings about it, but overall, I'm like, that is amazing. Like, yes, like choose your family and make decisions for for that family. You aren't beholden to someone just because you're blood related to them to do what they want. Exactly. They're doing what we have talked about before is that they're making their own family. They're making their own culture. Because the thing is, can they imagine if they're like, hey, can we still be part of the family, but can we go and do what's important to us? I know they've been really wanting to do a lot of charity work uh, in Africa. They're like, can we go live somewhere else and still have these titles? It doesn't work like that. So instead, they made that decision. And also, I think it's also really important that they kept mentioning we want to be financially self-sufficient, which I think is absolutely massive. But girl. (laughs) (laughs) But how, you ask? (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, whatever. Whatever. (laughs) You're all, I want to see the receipts. (laughs) Receipts are It's easy to be financially independent when you're fucking famous. That's all. But the intent is there. The intent is there. And yeah, but that, I think it's also important just for the public backlash, right? Like mm-hmm. people in England being like, oh, you can't use that royal money. Mm-hmm. You aren't going to do what we want you to be doing, which exactly. what the fuck. Yeah, don't don't even get me started. But there there's something to that. And I have mad respect for Harry who who's had to suffer trauma at losing his mother in a mm-hmm. very traumatic way for those who aren't yeah. familiar. His mother died in 1997 due to a car crash because she was being chased by a paparazzi. I mean, he was very young. I think mid to yeah, like mid teenager, like 12, 13, something yeah. like that. He was fairly young. He's about our age. Yeah, I don't think they're even in their 40s yet, either one of them. I'll have to check because I think she might be 38. So he might Mm. be 36, 37. I'll double check. Someone will fact check me and tell me how wrong I am. (laughs) But there is that. There's How can that not motivate how you live your life? And for people not taking that into consideration, but seeing the mixed woman next to him been like, oh, it's obviously racially charged. Right. I mean, I get that yeah. as me getting things to be, well, you're just doing that because of race or you're mad as a black woman or you're only saying that because you're mixed. And that's mm-hmm. a bit annoying, not as just a, a person who might be fed right. up or has an opinion of their own. I find it so weird and troubling how there was so much backlash against their relationship, their marriage and this and a lot of it under the guise of the language of this is not traditional. Mm-hmm. Right. It's like this weird coded language of like saying their relationship's not traditional, but like nobody wants to define what that tradition is out loud. No, because they ran out of cousins to marry. Yeah. So, you know, and that's not being shady. <laughs> like I'm actually not trying to be a jerk about it. No, it's your it's the European royalty is all intermarried cousin things like that's real yeah so that's that's not just me being sounding hateful though if it sounds that way and it happens to be that's just called a bonus what i encourage for england in a country i've lived almost a third of my life in now and what i'm really hoping for going forward is that there is this push against tradition and coming into these these modern Mm -hmm. times that's my kind of fear and concern of the obsession with the royalty I, Mm -hmm. i mean the queen is a figurehead And that woman is hanging on to her position. 
dude, when she dies, what yeah. is going to happen? You know what? My husband keeps Madness. saying, you know, we, we have a little bit longer here left still. And we're just like, how? Because we, we're here for her jubilee. So she's the longest reigning royal ever. And that was a party. And then she, uh, she has a separate, like two different birthday parties also in summer. So it was a huge, huge right. summer to be here for. I have a, a teaspoon from that. <laughs> A friend's, a friend's then boyfriend's mom <laughs> went to England <laughs> during that time, and she brought back matching teaspoons for me and my friend <laughs> that have that, Queen Elizabeth on them. That's They're pretty perfect. fancy. Um, yeah, pinkies all the way out. It's there's something crazy, crazy about their obsession. But you're right. I actually really, really do fear what will happen because uh, people got feelings about Charles, who would be next to the throne. Mm. Um, I, I girl, he. Which one is he? Is he the one who had that very unfortunate television interview? Um, who was uh, that? Oh, uh, which which one? I mean, several of them. <laughs> Char- Charles is he's old, kind of has big ears, a little crazy. I mean, she he is the son, the, the son to Queen Elizabeth. He so, was the one who was married to Diana, exactly. And now he's married okay. to Camilla. Which girl? That is a whole thing. <laughs> We will talk later, but there's a whole thing with Camilla, girl. But that's it. And so people have a lot of feelings about him. And I don't think he, yeah, I am, it would be a very interesting place to live in. And I don't know how that would change the racial tones. I don't know how that would change. I have some ideas. All I have is speculation of what could possibly change whenever he takes the throne. But I don't know. Homegirl's still kicking it. So we'll see. But I'm, I am really excited to be here at this time, having a biracial unicorn be able to be a duchess, even if it's for a while. And I'm really glad to see them step out and make their own and set this Mm. tone, not only just for them, but for their child, who is also now a mixed race kid, who's going to have to suss out their own identity in with all these different complexities, just like me, just like my daughter, just like you. Yeah. And, and I feel like Harry uh, should be maybe role model is too strong of a, a word, but like he he should be an inspiration on a certain level to mm. any white allies out there. Something you and I have talked about, but I don't think I've mentioned on the show is this idea with this word ally and mm-hmm. how I really in some reading this past fall came across the term co-conspirator instead Mm -hmm. of ally, which I find so much more powerful and so much more clear about what we want white people to do. It's not enough to say the things or to think the things or like be allied and wanting a better world in your heart. Like you need to be the one like stepping up, putting yourself out there, doing the things. And I feel like Harry and Meghan making this decision, Harry is truly being a co-conspirator in it, exactly. right? And he's walking the walk and he came up in a royal family, right? Like he, mm-hmm. this shit is so ingrained in him exactly. and he has made the choice to not accept it. So I mm-hmm. think that's like a really powerful message for co-conspirators, white co-conspirators out there. Exactly. To take away from this. Mm-hmm. I think he also did a great job of also not trying to be the savior as well. Yes, there's that exactly. Thin, thin line. Because the thing is, uh. he lets this woman speaks for herself when he needs to. He steps in when he feels like he has to. But I really do feel that this is one of those very rare examples to where he is a co-conspirator without stepping into that white savior line. Exactly. Yeah. 
But I'm excited. We're going to keep seeing where it folds. I mean, th- people talked about them living in California. I doubt it because that's where she's oh. from. Can you imagine? No, I don't <laughs> think so. We'll see. I know they talked about Africa. Like I said, uh, they... um. Princess Diana, when she was alive, did a lot of charity work in Africa. And I know Harry said he has a lot of strong ties. And Meghan Marple, when she did a family DNA background, she has some ties as well to Africa. I mean, obviously, melanin in America. But I don't know. Well, I really look forward to how the story unfolds. And I'm really thankful for their example. uh, I'm excited. I'm pumped. Yeah, I will likely forget about it until they're (laughs) in the news again. And I will remind you because you'll probably go right by it. But I do want to bring up something that I saw on the Instagram yesterday. Uh, Yeah, that was like a post about how their child is not mixed race. (gasps) We're not supposed to be getting mad yet, Danny. I know, (laughs) I know, but but I I needed to tease it. I needed to put it in here. Okay. Yeah. So it's like saying like that kid hardly is hardly black Mm. at all. That kid should not be considered mixed race. Girl, tell the children how you feel. I know. I know you have Uh, thoughts, and and you have very personal thoughts because your child is like Mm -hmm. the same sort of mix. I guess is their child. Yeah. Ooh. So (laughs) yeah. I'm like, my stomach hurts. That made me so angry. <laughs> yeah. I They're like, that child should just say that they're white because that's what they are. With that, with that. So we, we, we've talked about it before, like that one drop rule. Or yeah. if you have one drop of blood, make sure you are this thing. And people have many feelings about that. So my issue, and I don't, I don't want to speak on all mixed people, is that you don't get to dictate people's living reality. You don't get to dictate that. No. That, that baby has a mother who is mixed. His grandmother is a black woman. You don't get to dictate his culture and his background because that's how you would treat him. Just because you treat him the shade of his skin does that does not make him who he is yeah i mean is his experience the universal black man experience as he grows up no also what is the universal experience when you're talking about a mixed race person exactly now will he have privileges yes like i said my daughter it could very easily pass for white it's very similar like she's just kind of the uh, lighter hair kind of megan to where she has features and hues but my my daughter has like dirty blonde curly hair do you know what i mean you would have to really know her or be familiar with different mixes of people to kind of know it off the cuff but i'm her mother and this is our life and this is her normal and you best believe I'm telling her when we're sitting down and talking about black authors and, and history and important figures. I'm like, th- these are your ancestors. Their blood runs through your veins and you're very connected. Don't let anyone take away their experience because of how you look. Do you know right. what I mean? That is that is the yeah. biggest cop out because when people say that, it's like it makes it easier for them. Once again, we talk about those boxes. They're checking off it. It makes it easier for them instead of doing the breakdown and realize, well, how do I treat you because of the coarseness of your hair and the width of your nose? It's easier for me. It's lazy. And it's ugh, all the f- how do you feel? Oh, I hate it. <laughs> obviously. I obviously hate it. I think 
it's such a simplistic way of looking at the world and looking at people's experience to say just because someone can pass as white then they're white Mm -hmm. because like you said there there are cultural experiences and that doesn't take away the fact that this child will have seen the way that his mother was treated and will Mm -hmm. come up with the fact that as a child you can't help but kind of feel like an extension of your parents Mm -hmm. especially as as a as when you're young so i think the experience you see your parents having really actually affects you. Exactly. On a really deep level. Tell it like it is. That child's going to have a privilege, not only because oh. of, of who he is but and how he looks. Just like my daughter. I tell her, you are going to have a very different experience as a woman of color than I am. And right. use those experiences to open doors and make space for other people who look different exactly. than you. Yes. Yes. But on it, girl. You are a woman, a young girl of color. And don't let the tone shader hue ever take that away from you. Say it. That's so fucking true. You know, like I just part of the racial experience, at least in this country, and I guess in England, too, is is the way that people treat you. But Mm -hmm. I mean, that's not the only part of racial experience as a lighter skin mixed person. I mean, can I say I'm lighter skinned? I'm lighter skinned, right? Yeah, you're, uh, yeah. <laughs> I have a lot of privileges, and particularly because I look non threatening, aka Girl, Asian. You already know I have words for that. Oh, yeah. there's so many in here. Anyway, non threatening. <laughs> so, like, I have a lot of privileges that other people do not, that perhaps people in my extended family do not, you mm-hmm. know? So, I, I think you're you're absolutely right. You have to check your privilege, realize where it exists, mm-hmm. and in particular, as a mixed race person, use that platform to open doors, create space for other people of color, but also like take the opportunity to be like, no, this is who I am, and exactly. I am here. Mm-hmm. I'm going to push back, and I'm going to challenge your perception of what. I should look like to claim what I am Mm -hmm. and your treatment of me because I can't even even me being medium to darker tone of people being like well you know you don't really act like a black person you don't have the stronger features as a black Mm. person and because the way I treat you you don't act like a black person exactly I don't count you out I don't think of you as that way and I can easily see my daughter following into that of like you don't necessarily look the traditional way maybe you don't act or sound like like it and but that how dare you put someone's ethnicity into your limited experience of right. you know what i mean into things how act it's how someone should act or or sound it's so oh my goodness that's such a microscopic way of viewing race onto itself and it's really exposing how people classify race in 2020 mhm ugh yeah. ugh girl ugh you just love winding me up I do, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep doing it, Tamika. Yeah, so, do. so don't get comfortable because I never am. <laughs> because I feel like it's time we get a little mad at the internet. Oh, I should have hydrated. I'm so excited. <laughs> All right. So 
hanging in there. The <laughs> end of your favorite month, Black History Month. <sighs> you already know. I already know. <laughs> This has been something that has been taking place over the whole month. Mm-hmm. Girl. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm, so Danny, I love that Danny and I literally send things just to piss each other off. <laughs> it makes me, and Danny sent this yeah. story to me. Girl, tell him the story. All right. Barnes and Noble. It's a corporation that people seem to be like into because it challenges the corporation of Amazon, but it's all just fucking corporations anyway. Hashtag shop local. Hashtag mm. I'm still going to shop on Amazon because I'm a terrible person. Hashtag same. <laughs> <laughs> working on it. We're all working mm-hmm. on something. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Barnes and Noble decided for Black History Month, Ooh, they yes. wanted to do something to support diversity in America, right? Mm -hmm. And so what they decided to do, instead of highlighting Black authors, they decided to put diverse covers on classic titles. I I have so many problems with so many things. Um, but, But that's what they did. Hashtag diverse editions of classic literary novels so we're talking like i can see in this this picture that they have this promotional mm-hmm. picture there's a lot of problems here yeah danny yeah there is the art the, the article you sent me did you read underneath like as the caption it says deep negro sigh <laughs> oh, yeah oh yeah. my goodness i uh, i um Oh, here's here's the complete list. Sorry. Let me let me just give the list. Oh, of I just the saw book. it. Yeah, go ahead. Alice in Wonderland, mm-hmm. Romeo and Juliet, Three Musketeers, Moby Dick, Secret Garden, Count of Monte Cristo, Dr. <laughs> Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, Emma, The Wizard of Oz, Peter Pan, Treasure Island, and Frankenstein. You know, the classics. Yeah, obviously. The ones you already have on your bookshelf already, so you can't wait to buy another copy of the book that you haven't read since you were 10. Here's my problem with classics. (laughs) (laughs) Classics to whom? Yeah, I I have read all of these books. I've not read Emma. I have read most of these books. But we're talking classics. Only one of these books has somebody of African ancestry. (laughs) So we're talking uh, Three Musketeers. But a lot of these books, specifically Moby Dick, Secret Garden, Peter Pan. Peter Pan. Have such, and we've talked about Peter Pan, but have racist imperialist language in them. Yes. Like talk about trigger, like no trigger warning. Instead, I'm going to put a picture of a black person on the cover and say mm-hmm. that it's it's Black History Month. Like it th- so it's not even reflecting black people really to exactly. celebrate Black History Month. It's not yeah. like celebrating black authors, it's not like celebrating black characters. And yes, we've had the discussion of, you know, white is the default and that's a problem. So when you're reading a book, oftentimes people will imagine characters as white because of this fucking terrible world we live in. That's the mm-hmm. default. Um so so I like that it's an idea that like I'm gonna put this person on the cover and it's gonna you know challenge people to imagine these characters differently. Like, cool. That's great. But um 
maybe not for Black History Month. Yeah, because the thing is, this is one of those things where it's like, wow, you showed up three hours late to a party and you brought Lay's potato chips. You are the worst. Like, as much as I love potato chips, like with these covers, these are they're be- some of them are beautiful. I some of them I'm like, ah, did that really go through? Um, I'm I'm into Dorothy's hair. Oh, I know. The- <laughs> it's beautiful. And the thing is, I love Wizard of Oz. It's one of my favorite stories. And I would totally get this for my personal collection. Thank you for doing something maybe you should have done forever ago. Within the article, they talked about they use an algorithm to go through through the list of books to see which books did not have a specific mention of race. And that's how they came up with that. So I think that's funny with the classics anyway, because I've got thoughts about Treasure Island as well. But what... (laughs) So once again, they could have done this forever ago because these books, in their opinion, have no nod specifically to race. But how? How? Because all this is, this is the BET channel. This is Black Entertainment channel. It's like, here, let's just take what is out in the world and just give it a splash of brown paint. It's for right. us, by us. So here, take these classics. Not There's not like hundreds, maybe even thousands of other authors of color who would love to be recognized during this time. Right of past and current literature. No, 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 no. You want, like I said before, the same book you already have on your shelf, probably, just with a little, you know, a little splash of color. Right. And I mean, like, okay, one mixed race black man (laughs) wrote one of these books. Yeah. Like, great. But none of the rest of this has anything to do with being black. No. No, none of the protagonists like, yes, they're not described as white, but they're also not described as black or non-white. And, you know, that's not what any of these authors had in mind when they wrote this. No, I think that's the painful part is that you can put a very, very melon heavy Frankenstein on top. First of all, this person was made out of several different people. So (laughs) you obviously didn't read the book. But there's something about that. You're almost being disrespectful to the author. Even even the ones that have very racist language in it. I'm like, that's not what they wanted. That is being disrespectful to the author. You knew what they meant. Captain Ahab was not a melanin heavy (laughs) black man. Black people really do try to avoid boats, especially at that time period. (laughs) it's it's just the thought behind it it just they it sounded good on paper does that make sense this is what we talked about beforehand how many black people were in the room when this decision was made exactly and i'd really like to know that or actually i would like to know how many of the people who drew this were black artists i hope they were good question i wonder because at least i'd be like hey because then they're like hey these were all done by black artists even that would have been a great thing to highlight because what happens if that's true why is that not the thing of being like hey look we're, we're celebrating what people of color are doing here in the now not just being like sorry we haven't included you guys we we made these covers so you're welcome yeah and and i just like the way that barnes and noble getting to like the internet portion of this i mean the way that barnes and noble responded to the backlash about this was Mm. to release a statement to cancel an event (laughs) that had to do with it and then (laughs) release a statement via twitter that said we acknowledge the voices who have expressed concerns about the diverse editions 
project at our Barnes & Noble Fifth Avenue store and have decided to suspend the initiative. Diverse Editions presented new covers of classic books through a series of limited edition jackets designed by artists hailing from different ethnicities and backgrounds. Okay. The covers are not a substitute for Black voices or writers of color whose work and voices deserve to be heard. The booksellers who championed this initiative did so convinced it would help drive engagement with these classic titles. It was a project inspired by our work with schools and was created in part to raise awareness and discussion during Black History Month, in which Barnes & Noble stores nationally will continue to highlight a wide selection of books to celebrate Black history and great literature from writers of color. Here's here's a, mm. a sampling of my issue mm. with this. Please, girl. They said that it's the covers aren't a substitute for Black voices, but, but <laughs> that they were hoping this initiative would drive engagement with classic titles, yes. not by Black people. They also finish it by saying, Great literature from writers of color. We talk about people of color a lot because it's a common ground for you and I. But this is not people of color history month. This is yep. black history month. So that that statement should not even be in there. It should be talking about great literature from black people. Like yep. this is not a writers of color issue. This is a black person issue. This is what I'm telling you. This, this, this is the example of mid-wokeness. Right. This is the danger. And people can sit there and say, what are you guys complaining about? These covers are beautiful. No, 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 no. This is the laziness. This is the, you haven't finished the work. I appreciate that. Like I said, I find some of them to be quite beautiful. But the fact, the focus was to highlight the books, not the people. That's the damaging part. They're not understanding what this is actually saying. We'll use your melanin and we'll use your month that we're supposed to be using to sell our old dusty classics. To take that money from mm -hmm. black people, well-intentioned mm -hmm. people of color, well-intentioned white people who feel like they've done something great for Black History Month. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm not going to hate. Like, like I said, I also like some of the covers. Some of the covers I really don't like, but some of them are nice. Like, I like the Romeo and Juliet cover, particularly since Juliet is darker than Romeo. Like, I'm into yeah, it. Yeah, I'm into it. I, like I said, this, but not Black History Month. This isn't yes. Black History Month. Oh my goodness! It would have been. This is they spacied it. Do you know what I mean? When Spacey came out as gay in his horrific apology, they spacied mm. it. This would have been a beautiful gesture just to do it because. Do it for Classics Month. That would have been fun. Of just saying like, hey, just because you know we we want to do this. That would have been so lovely and so enjoyable. But nah, nah, fam. Th this this really was a perfect example of the danger of mid-wokeness of just not seeing who are we actually trying to who did this who does this uplift you should probably have asked that question who does this highlight at the end of the day because once you turn that cover of the book who do you see <laughs> do you know what i'm saying like the, the the person you were trying to highlight and uplift is not in the pages now do you know what i'm saying girl once you turn that that front cover the person you're trying to uplift is gone. And yeah. you're just in a classic story where you're imagining people are white anyway. <laughs> so. Yeah, I don't know. There, there's just uh. so much. Also, like, couldn't they have hired somebody to write a better fucking apology? Ugh, that was I don't know. a non-apology apology, as oh, per we, usual. 
we already know how we feel about really terrible apologies. Yeah. But uh, <sighs> any final thoughts? Should we move on? We should probably move on. My cholesterol can't handle this. <laughs> yeah. Let's. <laughs> My blood pressure is through the roof. Let's get happy. Let's talk about our happy places. What is your happy place this week, Tamika? Well, well, Danny. Sorry, I have to take a breath after being so mad for so long. <laughs> That's I, um, okay. I I legitimately yelled, so we're, we're fine. I had, I like I would take off a layer because I'm burning up, but I don't want to be muffled over the microphone. I'm like fanning myself. I'm so like my deodorant is getting put through the test, girl. There's no uh. no oil that's going to be able to help this stench. Anyway, uh, I am actually it's a really weird one, but I think a lot of people can relate to it. I'm really looking forward to some guilt-free reading and crafting. My family yes. is, we got like a little cabin in a little tiny village in the middle of, it's called the Peak District here, but it's just really kind of, there's not a lot of mountains, but there's a lot of old country hills. It's this four-story kind of cottage where each layer is very small and quaint with a fireplace. And the thing is, I know not everyone can travel. I'm fully aware it's part of my privilege. And we work hard and we save. We don't buy tons of stuff. We just travel. But there's something about not being in my home where I just feel like I can pick up a book and not feel guilty. I'm like, oh, is this book for research? Is this something I, I, should, think I should be doing instead? Is the, You know what I mean? There's our chore. I'm just really looking forward to like, oh, hey, let me finish that needlework I was supposed to finish a month ago or a crochet project of just having guilt-free leisure time with my family. Do you know what I mean? Of just yeah. having it and not feeling like I should be doing something else. Normally when you have a trip, you want to go see this and that, but this trip literally is in the middle of nowhere. So it's just, uh, and it hasn't happened yet. But the thought of it makes me really happy. <laughs> Already. That's good. Yeah. I'm so, so stoked for that. So I'm sure everyone has that. You can't can't overestimate the power of having something to look forward to. Oh, girl. I think it's really important to have at least like one thing on the horizon that's tangible that you can look mm -hmm. forward to. Oh, we talk about that low-key all the time, actually, of just you need that. Yeah, I, I think especially if you're goal orientated. <laughs> yeah, if it's just like if you're a planner, and I'm really looking forward to just having that. And I know you know, I just want to catch up on that leisure and uh, and, and enjoy it. Uh, yeah, the lack of guilt is worth its weight in gold. But what about you? What's your happy place, my friend? So my happy place is something that you have sent me on Instagram <laughs> that did not make me angry. And in fact, you were the third person to send I'm it to me. I'm so, so mad I was the third one, but I feel like I pushed you over the edge with that. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a meme, but it has three pictures and it says Salem, the cat from Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, walked the carpet at the premiere and it's the most important thing to me right now. Bye. <laughs> 
And it's true. That fucking cat walking yes. the carpet is yes. everything. It is so amazing. Just also, sauntered on down the way. <laughs> also, he looks so much like my baby Crycheck. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's amazing. He's he's a black cat, has the little white patch, and then has another white patch on his belly. Very tiny white patches just like my kitty Crycheck, and it is adorable and everything and he's so happy walking that carpet his tail mm-hmm. is straight up has the little curve like ah, oh, i love it it's everything <laughs> i i was just like what times we live in i love it Huzzah. <laughs> right like i'm not about i'm not about like the car- walking the carpet, the red carpet, whatever. I like know. I don't give Who's a fuck. Wearing what? Yeah, like I give no fucks. But like, if there's a cat walking, like yes. please tell me. I yeah. need to Is know. Is it live? Is it has it gone live? I will tune right. in. <laughs> it's amazing. Oh, I'm so glad. Uh, I, you know what? He might have started something now. Can you imagine if they started having award shows or premieres where people could bring their pets? Yes. It's everything. Have you have you caught up it. on Sabrina? I haven't. I haven't watched the most recent. I haven't things. either. I have feelings. It's like <laughs> yeah. It's like I really really enjoyed the first season, and Me then too. I kind of like I don't know. It was I should give it another chance because I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed the aesthetics and fucking Salem is everything. So oh, I know I know they have. I think. I don't want to turn into like a Sabrina cast. They have really good supporting characters. Yeah. Even though all the major characters are white. Yeah. Which we have. Yeah. Disappointing. I I agree. Like steps, steps in the right direction. So yes, they have some decent, decent supporting characters. And yeah, I'm not going to, that second season storyline kind of not giving me the tinglies, but yeah, I haven't watched the third one yet, but I don't know. Time. Guilt-free watching. <laughs> <laughs> yes. All right. Well, we should wrap it up. Mm-hmm. Ooh. So if you have thoughts or feelings about the royal family, mm-hmm. about homegirl Megan, about Barnes & Noble, <laughs> about travel... About Salem, the cat. Yes. Please, please let us know. (laughs) Yes, we love that. You can reach out to us all the usual channels. You can send us an email, biracialunicorns at gmail.com. You can also reach us on social media. We're on Facebook and Instagram at biracialunicorns. We're on Twitter at biracialmagic. We want to give a shout out to Deli Pop Art, who's done our amazing logo. So Smith Photography, that's also done personal photos of your girl, Danny, and myself. We also want to thank Joseph Scott. Uh, for his amazing intro and outro music. And we also want to give a little shout out for uh, those recently who've written in and given us some amazing encouragement lately. I know I'm sure you've read some of the stuff as well. We've been getting lately. Thank you all so much just for that little bit of encouragement, because like Danny says, we don't want to be yelling, which we are often yelling, yelling into a void. So it's so good to get that. And so, yeah, share your suggestions and your experiences. Yeah, please keep them coming because we do read them and we appreciate them. Like, it's so nice to hear about other people experiencing the same thing I experience. Like, like mm-hmm. it, it's reciprocal. Like, we like to hear from you that, like, our experiences mirror your own. 
Mm-hmm. It's just that that connection makes us feel a little less alone in this crazy world. Mm, say it, girl. All right. Well, we will be back next week with a mini-sode and mm-hmm. in two weeks with a full episode. Oh, so excited. All right. Make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss anything. Oh, yes. And please write us a review. Oh, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> Do that. Do that, too. <laughs> I will say I... I know we're about to wrap up, but I will say I had a nightmare the other night that we got a bunch of bad reviews. Girl. <laughs> like, I don't know where that came from. Just I, I have so much stress and I like woke up oh, no. and I was like, wait, was that real? Like we had a bunch <gasps> of one star reviews. I oh, haven't girl. checked, but I don't think it's real. <laughs> oh, now I'm sweating for that reason. on it. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> welcome to my world of anxiety. <laughs> Girl, I have my own horror tape that plays in my head before I go to sleep at night. Thanks, Danny. <laughs> You're welcome. So please help us. <laughs> yeah. And write Share us a nice review. The best trauma. <laughs> yes. Write us a nice review. We would really yes, appreciate it. We totally would. Help us sleep a little bit. <laughs> All right, friends. We're out. Peace. We're out. Peace. <laughs> out.